0: Welcome to Exploring Beyond the Edge with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Are you ready to explore the conscious path around you? Open your heart and mind and awaken your curiosity? You've stopped into the right place.
1: Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Hey there, this is Cynthia. Happy New Year's, everybody, and welcome to tonight's show. And welcome back, Colin.
2: Thank you, Cynthia. It's very nice to be back. And uh, looking just a few minutes ago on uh, the television of those thousands that are packed into Times <laughs> Square, and then looking at the weather radar, I know where I would rather be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So did you have a nice break from the show, Carl? I
2: did. I had a, yes, I did. Uh, recharged. I'm ready to get stuck in.
1: Well, there we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. So in tonight's program, we're going to be discussing consciously engaging the world around us, including non-ordinary reality. And we're also going to set some intentions for the new year. But before we start, we have a couple announcements. Um, shockingly, this is week 12 of our 13-week show, and next week will be our last live show on Voice America. It's oh, incredible, yeah, isn't it? That
2: went past that incredibly, incredibly quickly. We had some great people on. I yeah, really enjoyed it. Absolutely, and so much more to cover, too. I There's know. so much to here.
1: So, um, we, we are probably going to continue um, broadcasting podcasts through Voice America. However, we won't be live on Voice America. Um, we are going to be broadcasting on YouTube and on YouTube, on our new YouTube channel, Exploring Beyond the Edge. You'll be able to find all the past shows and all of our future podcasts. And once a month, we're going to live stream. So, there will still be some live interaction. Um, and we'll give you a lot more information about what we're going to be doing with that next week. Um, we have, we actually we have some interesting people lined up. Um, I guess I better not see their name yet, but we'll just continue. So stay tuned. You can, you can, we'll be doing announcements on Facebook and Twitter, um, or you can check in on the Exploring Beyond the Edge YouTube channel, and we'll have content up on that by next week. Uh, one other announcement, in January, I also have another online course starting. This one is on clean, eating, living, and loving, creating a plan to lose weight, relieve pain, and restore your light. So check it out at explorationsandenergy.com. So on with tonight's program. Well, Colin brought to my attention recently the fact that mainstream science has finally caught up with the quantum science of consciousness. It was an interesting article. Was all right. Yes. So it's a recent article in Scientific American titled "The Hippies Had It Right." It's all about the vibe. So good to know we were right about something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so well, then we can talk. We're anyway, <laughs> talking about.
1: So in the article, it describes reality as fields of vibrating energy, and the force that guides consciousness as being that of resonance. And so this seems particularly relevant to tonight's discussion on consciously engaging reality, because it describes what we already know, that we are in a constant exchange of information with an energy field around us, which on this show we've been calling the ambiance. And through this exchange with the ambiance, we are brought into alignment with the flow of a larger reality, and that happens through resonance. So we've talked about how we receive information from the ambiance, and tonight what we're going to talk about is how our transmission affects the ambiance and influences the quality and circumstances of our life. So in our first episode, we discussed receiving through the ambiance via felt perceptions, and felt perceptions are the body sensations, emotions, and thoughts that combine to provide information. Um, Felt perceptions are also the means, however, by which we transmit and influence the field of energy around us. So it's a two-way exchange, and through that two-way exchange, it creates connection and it creates engagement. And consciously engaging requires three specific levels of awareness, and, and these three things were very vividly demonstrated to me last week when I rode a new horse that I was unfamiliar with. So I'll just describe that pretty quickly. So horses, and those of you who know horses know, they are very tuned in to what we are thinking. And they respond as much to what's in our mind as to what we're asking them to do. So this new horse, I knew that people had a hard time getting him to canter. So as I asked him to canter by giving him all the signals that mean canter, I'm thinking in my head. This horse is not going to canter. And of course, even though I was giving him all the right signals, he ignored me, repeatedly ignored me. And then, of course, I realized what I was doing, that I was picturing in my mind and feeling in my body exactly the opposite of what I was asking for. And and you think, you know, how many times do we do this in life, go through the motions of creating something we want while feeling and imagining what we don't want? And in this instance, I realized I had a choice. I could impose my will and try to force this horse to do what I wanted, or I could engage him. So I imagined the canter, I felt the rhythm of it in my body, and then I gave him the signal to canter. And he did. And so I walked and retried it several times, and each time he did. And so, in some ways, this is like felt perceptions in reverse. We're using our mind and we're using our feelings combined with physical actions to create an effect rather than to receive one. And what, of course, is obvious is that one without the other doesn't work. I could imagine the horse cantering, but it isn't going to happen. I can ask him without holding a vision, and it obviously didn't happen. So we need to have a clear vision and Feel that clear vision combined with making an action, which is a pretty common understanding in manifestation work. However, there's another aspect that has to be included too, and this aspect is almost always missed, and that is that we are engaging consciousness. Whenever we create anything, we are doing it through an engagement, an interaction, a relationship with consciousness. And so in the example of the horse what most people don't realize is that it's difficult if not impossible to get a horse to do anything it doesn't want to do. Horses are not only notoriously stubborn they're very smart. They know exactly what buttons to push. They know exactly how to avoid what they don't want to do. And so they have to want to do what you're asking. And they do what you're asking because they have big hearts. They want to please. They also enjoy doing things. They're very curious. And if you can engage their curiosity, if you can make what they're doing fun and give them lots of reward, they're happy. They're happy to do it. It's an interaction. It's an engagement. And the mistake we make over and over and over again in what we do is that we assume that we are more intelligent and more conscious than the world around us.
2: We Kind of underestimate their awareness.
1: Mm -hmm. So if we start anything from the belief that animals are less intelligent or less conscious, if we start with the belief that the universe is inanimate and inert, then we'll try to create through imposing our will rather than engaging the intelligence within it, and we'll be less successful, and the experience, even when we do succeed, will be less rewarding and we'll feel less connected to life in the larger picture of reality and that's a pretty lonely place to live.
2: That's a very important point you make.
1: So, and interestingly I think animals have as much difficulty (laughs) um, relating to our intelligence level and so there's a story, a quick story I want to tell, um, it happened on Mother's Day and this is a squirrel story. This was Mother's Day in 2012, and I'm heading out to the barn to um, feed our horses. And I get to the barn door, and the barn doors are are, are overhung on these rolling rail. Yeah, rail, rails. rails, and so you have to ride them on the rail. And I reached out to pull it, and all of a sudden, up in one of the vents, I hear this squirrel screaming at me, just screaming at me. And I look up, and it's, and, and it's angry and agitated and jumping all up and down. And I'm like, huh. And I go and open the, try to open the door again, and it screams at me all over again. So I stop and I step back, and I look at the door, and I look up on the railings, and I see that in the railings there's a baby squirrel trapped in the railing, and jammed in there. Jammed in there. And if I had opened that door, I would have killed that squirrel. You
2: would. You absolutely would.
1: So the mother has stopped screaming because I'm looking at the baby, and I get a ladder, and I go up there, and I can't move the baby. I go and get you. You come out with the crowbar and the ladder,
2: and this <laughs> is. Farman calling entries <laughs> back on duty.
1: Trying to crowbar it out. We're up there for a good hour. Oh, we were, yeah. And that poor baby squirrel, he was already exhausted and he's panting and his eyes are closed and I'm thinking we're going to lose him. So I go in the house and get some olive oil and we coat him in olive oil. You push the crowbar and yeah. I just pulled him out. One
2: big last effort. And, and he was getting very very tired
1: oh, he, he came out of my hands and he could barely he could barely even lift his head up so you know i'm thinking do i take him inside i gave him a little bit of water right then and i thought do i take him inside until he gets better and i thought no he needs to be with his mom so I, I put him in behind a barricade and i left him there and about for the next hour every time i went by i checked and he was still there just yeah. kind of breathing heavily and the mother was overhead watching and then we went into the house for a while, I came back out and I looked in and he's gone and I hear this chattering and I look up and the mom is on the crossbar with the baby and she's licking him all over, cleaning him all up and the baby's fine. So that was a really nice feeling and there's this lovely exchange that happens between the mom and I because I got her message. Yeah. I had She had explained to me something was wrong and I had listened and we had responded and she knew that we would yeah. and that was why she asked us. But what was most amazing yeah. about that situation was that the next morning when I went out to the barn and I went to open the door, I opened it and that squirrel came running down the side of the of the door, right down to eye level. He's no more than a foot away from me at eye level, just looking at me. I'm like, Well, hi, I'm glad you're doing well <laughs> and you know, continued on through the barn. And the next morning he comes running down and greets me with his brother. And the two of them were <laughs> standing there. And then whenever anyone came into the barn, they would run along the top of the stalls, you know, the the border of the stalls and and just kind of hang with us. Yeah. And it seemed to me that what they were saying was, by God, humans are intelligent. We can talk talk with them.
2: And the well we we don't know which of those young ones, of course, but one of them has remained extraordinarily close to us. Still today, it's the one that stands out from all the rest. Yeah. Happy little guy. Yeah, he is.
1: Well, and so, you know, <clears throat> engaging that that intelligence within everything that we so often underestimate, you know, the first question I'm asked in courses and things is how do we engage it? What What is the force with which we engage it? And so... You know, we have all of our felt perceptions in reverse, and the most important aspect is the force of our emotions. It's like she, that mama squirrel, was yelling at me, and I felt the force of her anxiety. And it reminds me of um, another squirrel situation. We seem to have a lot of squirrel stories, <laughs> but we have an old house, an old farmhouse, and in the back is a corn crew and we had turned the corn crib into a rabbit um, house and had a big fenced-in area around it, and and, and it was all caged so that the hawks couldn't get in and the fox and the coyotes couldn't get in and get the rabbits, but they had a fair amount of, of, of ground, and then they can go in and out of the house. So the one problem with our little house is that when you go in, if the door closes behind you, you can't get back out. So I <laughs> it was a bad arrangement.
2: You did say that we had intelligence, <laughs> didn't you? Well, sometimes.
1: <laughs> so on this particular morning I walked into the in into the little hutch and was surprised because there was a squirrel in there and squirrels that are caught in a in a small space tend to go crazy and he did immediately go crazy, so I let go of the door and it closed behind me. And now I'm trapped in there with this squirrel going crazy and, and jumping off the walls and leaping all over and I'm thinking, oh my God, one of us is going to die. And so I um thought, okay, what what can I do? And I'm like, well, the force of my emotion. And so I immediately put out a strong wave of love and I just loved on this squirrel. And Within seconds he had stopped. He walked down slowly down the um beam, walked within a foot in front of my feet, out through the rabbit hutch, out through the hole he'd made and was gone. And it was that simple, just I just loved
2: on him. It was great. The engagement and the intention I think are two important elements. And you know, as you know, we with a couple more examples mm-hmm. coming up uh, which have got the kind of like a little bit of a paranormal extension to it, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: And so you know to recap that, so there are these three principles that we engage with. we we hold a vision that directs our action, we act in accordance with that vision, and then we connect with the consciousness within within that which we're influ- influencing and that's really and you found that yeah. again and again in the crop circles
2: oh yeah all the time all the time i'm going to be talking about a couple of pretty extraordinary examples uh, i think it's in the second part of the show here today and uh, more so even uh, next week we'll be bringing together quite a few pieces mm-hmm. which i think um, most people will find very interesting and important
1: mm-hmm.
2: in the wider the wider aspect of the reality that we live in
1: And I think, you know, animals give us this unique opportunity because they are so interactive and we see almost immediately the effect of what it is that we're we're doing, I know that you're talking in the second half about geometries and and the geometry that we place on this property and one of the things that we experienced or I experienced about two years ago, we had that amazing interaction with all of the birds. I mean, the hummingbirds always come and get you from at the window if they need more food or or whatever. Yeah, they say hi when
2: they arrive, they say goodbye when they leave. It seems that that's what it's intended to be. Anyway, sorry.
1: No, that's all right. But, but at this particular time, I was, again, walking towards the barn with a wheelbarrow. And I see this little bird sitting on the side um, in the grass. And I thought he was injured because he didn't fly away. And I didn't want to scare him. I didn't have my glasses on. It looked like he was wrapped in wire. So I just kind of settled down next to him. And he didn't move, And I thought, oh, hes you know it's really hurt. And I reached my hand over to move what you know to remove what I thought was the wire. And it turned out to just be grass laying on him. There was no wire. He was just sitting there sunning. And he looks at me and he flutters his wings a little, and I look at him. And then he gets up and he flies about four feet down, and I get up and I go back on. And it was just so amazing, the trust that that bird had. Yeah. and the interaction that we had, because we respected that we were
2: conscious yes. beings. Yeah, uh, something pretty extraordinary happened, and, and, and I, I want to, you know, myself talk more in detail mm-hmm. about that in the second part of the show, too. But if you remember, with regards to the bird, which I think was a robin, if I remember rightly. Mine, I was, didn't, mine was a red-winged blackbird. Right, that's actually, sorry, that's what yeah. I actually meant. Um, but I, And I didn't see... Uh, the experience uh-huh. you had that day but i know that later in the day of the back of the property i had almost the, the same oh. thing it, it, you know it, it, here was this bird and i didn't smooth it i could have done i'm sure i could have done i went up to within inches of it and it did the same thing it just and, and it was not as if it flew as if it were injured or stunned oh, it just flew it away. just flew away but it allowed us, as did other creatures, to get much closer, much more interactive. And what brought that about, I think, is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah.
1: And and it's developed over time. We've developed yes, this definitely. relationship. And, and, you know, in our humanness, we want things immediate. We want, if we do, if we hold a vision and we do an action and we engage, we want an immediate response. Yeah. And we don't allow for... Timing, and we don't allow for flow, and we don't allow for
2: things to unfold. That's right. Yeah, we've got to we've got to get out of the driving seat from time to time and just go with. You you have a McDonald's mentality. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well,
1: folks, um, we're heading into a break here, and when we come back, Colin will be sharing his thoughts on all of these things we're talking about and share some experiences he's had in the field. Don't forget that if you want to connect with us, you can reach me at explorationsandenergy.com and you can reach Colin at colinandrews.net or Facebook Facebook, because we're both on Facebook. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this break.
0: Your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others.
3: Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow
0: us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to explorations
1: at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. So welcome back. We're talking tonight about engagement with the energy level of reality and also setting some intentions for the new year. So Colin, you have some thoughts, so why don't you take it away?
2: I do, yes, uh, several, and bear with me just to run through these and you know, to note that there are connections and overlays between them, and it's that that I'm really referring to, but allowing the listener to, to interpret in their own way. So first, a couple of real events to help expand our imagination and broaden our willingness to believe that which we cannot explain today. This has everything to do with the human mind and nature's wider spectrum of intelligence accessible with a willingness and a sincerity both important points in my opinion mm-hmm. to engage that unknown observe the overlaps as I was saying the similarities in these accounts so example one this is 1988 a I engage the crop circle mystery myself by meditating for a never before seen crop circle design of Celtic cross. A lot of people know this story. It's been repeated many times. B for it to appear that night and C in a field as close to my home as possible. You only have my word for this. All three occurred, which is fact that's been on many television documentaries. All three occurred before I left the bed that same bed that night, that morning, woken by the farmer who came across it whilst harvesting. Now, by the way, I remain open. I should think it should be said, as I think all reasonable, fair, scientific approach uh, researchers should anyway, but to remain open to the claims that we had, that two elderly men, Doug Baron and Dave Chorley, who said they actually constructed it. Now, for me, the transmission and reception side of this mystery is as alive today as it has ever been. We are mere humans grasping only the very edge of what nature has to work with.
1: So basically what you're saying is that by your putting out that transmission into the ambience, they may very well have yeah. picked it up and gone out and made it.
2: Yes, thank you. I mean, uh, yes, exactly. And I think one has to be open to that. Mm-hmm. They made that claim. They may have constructed it there's i think a a certain amount of evidence that suggests they did not but that's not my point you know we're very open to to accepting in the realms of what i'm referring to uh, both possibilities for those familiar with the triangular motif used by dr stephen greer and c seti those two were derived at that was derived at by a similar process during which i was present. Now to move on. Example two, 1993, Julian Richardson claimed to have constructed a sacred geometry in a field near his home at Bythorn in England. The complex Pentagon design was placed in a field of cereal, much like the hundreds of other various cross-circle geometries have over the years. We hired a helicopter to photograph and study the design from the air shortly after constructed. The first thing that the elevation provided us was to notice that all five size sides of this spectacular design precisely aligned to old field boundaries, forming the field itself. Something Julian Richardson, the claimed constructor, was totally unaware. Now, just to look at that, the evidence of that, you can see one of the actual photographs taken from that helicopter on Facebook. So there's five old field boundaries already forming the primary geometry in which he inserted his own sacred geometry. Example three. Circle maker Matthew Williams has reported a bizarre effect that has followed after his team meditating before making the crop circle meditating uh, you know in uh, uh, accepting from the higher mind that this is for is well intentioned a well intentioned experiment they have witnessed it raining outside the crop circle but not inside the crop circle as unbelievable mm. as that might seem and again listen to an overlay uh, that's coming up in another example now close and personal for cynthia and i early 2000s as i take a sip and (laughs) breathe deeply here early in the 2000s as we were meditating that you'll remember cynthia with a focus upon a safety zone of love and forgiveness over in over our farm here we both experienced This this was not pre-planned. We both experienced during that meditation the visualization of a beautiful large yellow chrysanthemum, which was similar to a large umbrella canopy of yellow petals stretching over our entire property and which seemed to want to be centered and anchored a little east of one of our favorite sugar maple trees nearby here. Soon after this powerful experience, this is what Cynthia was referring to earlier, we began to observe a noticeable change in the behavior of the wildlife on the farm. Unusual animals began to arrive. Do you remember this Cynthia? Mm -hmm. And again, this is on my website photographic section if you want to check out some of these photographs. White coyote, white squirrels, Mm -hmm. and even a white um, reindeer. Group of <laughs> reindeer, which none no, no of us could believe when because we saw it, them there. It escaped from a from a. Well, there was area, yeah, more than yeah. one. It was yeah. it was a group of them there, apparently uh, kept in, in, like you were saying, Cynthia, um, as, a, as pets in a pen a couple of miles away, but broke out and settled to grazing in our horse pasture. We noticed particularly how the birds and animals became more interactive, allowing both of us to smooth the feathers on occasions. Cynthia who was oh, yeah. literally got to touching one on that occasion. Rabbits that just sit there watching us work. Squirrels treating us like long lost friends and we could go on. Cynthia's already covered some of that. Hummingbirds saying hi when they arrive and, and coming up to the window hovering at, and looking you right in the eyes to say goodbye as they leave. There is no visible hostility between any of them. Jenny, the wren. Sorry. Do you
1: remember how the um, birds used to come to the window and and talk to Emma?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've got photographs of that too. (laughs) And Jenny, as we call her, the wren, Jenny the wren, sings every day. She was here today, by the way. Every day and sits close to us, ensuring we hear her as we work. A resident flock of house sparrows we call them the barn boys living in the barn nearby and flying between favorite perches with the deliberate sharpness and snappiness of belonging this is and these are important points if not ownership theirs it's a pleasure to live here and that has come about since our visualization coincidentally or not of sacred geometry which of course the chrysanthemum holds the palatable energy or feelings remain and it's felt by visitors and ourselves alike compare this small selection of experiences now with those of experiential land artist from Oregon Bill Witherspoon very few people know about this man um, who we have yeah. actually ourselves never met but when the national guard discovered yeah. his design uh, which was partly i was responsible for for bringing that to public attention when mm-hmm. i was back in england right uh, back in the late 80s so that in 1989 1990 it's what he calls exploratory art experiments were carried out in oregon the following chronicle a series of series of experiences and observations that have emerged from several years of exploratory art projects, necessarily, they are personal. The experiences resulted from events that were intuitively directed, these are his words, or were the response to some environmental stimulus. Because of this, things were often done with a preconceived intellectual rationale. Often, I had questions and was seeking answers. But at other times, I did not know the questions and seemed to be engaged in activities that were following some barely perceived thread. It was often months or even years before I understood the reasons, purpose, and way the projects arranged themselves. And let me say that Bill Witherspoon is not alone. I share that exact same feeling in nearly 30 years of looking at designs, geometries, many of them sacred in the landscapes of Southern England and other parts of the world. And even with a feeling of understanding, we're back to Bill's words, with a feeling of understanding, it has often been difficult to verbally explain or place actions in the context of a commonly acceptable model of how the world works. In this chronicle, I have, this is Bill, I have attempted to relate some of the facts and simple observations that accompanied these projects without attempting to describe the delight of the exploratory process. And you and I have that too. Mm -hmm. It has been a delight and absolutely rewarding. The first of these experiments that he conducted was the construction of a medicine wheel. It's important. This was in Oregon, the deserts up in the mountains there. In the summer of 1989, I took my studio, a large converted bus, to a, to a remote part of the high desert in South, southeast Oregon. Some of you might remember this. This did come hit the national news for a very short period of time. I still stayed there about four months in a familiar place that I had painted from the previous years I made paintings. Artists will be listening to this. After being there a few weeks, I made a design in my notebook which I had planned to integrate into a painting of the sky. For some reason, instead, I built the design with lines of cairns, small piles of rocks, placing the bus in its centre. The design was about 60 yards across. This was its first one, precise and symmetrical. The centre of the design was left open and, in a sense, unfinished because it lay under the bus, directly beneath the spot where I regularly practice meditation. After the design was completed, animals started to come into its boundaries. This was a complete contrast to the previous year when only a few birds and kangaroo rats came near this spot in a six-month period. As far as I could tell, nothing had changed except that I had made the design. In the next three months, several hundreds of animals of all kinds appeared inside the design, many of them such as the water oozel had to come some distance from their normal habitat. Others, such as the golden foxes that slept by the door in the late afternoon, were undoubtedly always in the area, but because of their shyness, had never become so close. The animals that came behaved in an unusual manner. They did not seem seem inhibited by my presence, and they did not seem to be territorial or aggressive. The animals that came behaved in an extraordinarily unusual manner. and um, yeah, Just and like our situation. Absolutely. There's another one maybe I should cover in the next part. No, no, of the show. go ahead. We've got five minutes to break. Okay. Well, this is the second, and I think in many ways, probably the most important that ties a lot of things together. This is this is uh, this is still Bill Witherspoon, and you you can check out his work. He's it's actually contributed significantly without knowing it, I think, to um, to our own research here. This is Oregon Desert, a Sriyantra design, Indian design. In the summer of 1990, a group of friends, one of my sons and I went to a remote alkaline lake bed in the high deserts of southeast Oregon to inscribe a large yantra in the earth. It was to contain a central point large enough to live in. The site was chosen because of its beauty and remoteness. Almost no one except a few ranchers ever went there. Inscribing lines in the alkaline surface would not disturb any vegetation and it would be a transitory transitory event eventually disappearing back into the surface through the natural action of wind and occasional water that floods the lake beds every few years. The design was made without machines or model tools, except binoculars and a simple hand plow. We used only ancient principles of geometry and long wires and sharpened poles as tools. When completed, it was, and note this is made extremely controversial. A quarter of a mile across, you can check the photographs on my Facebook page here. It covered over forty acres and contained uh, the, uh, over thirteen miles of lines. The lines plowed with an old-fashioned garden cultivator pulled by three uh, three um, crew members and steered by the fourth, were about four inches deep with hard alkaline crusted dirt cast to both sides of the faro. Um, During the construction, we were careful to minimize the disturbance. We chose to walk several miles from the campsite rather than use vehicles. Refrain from use by other motorized devices, such as the tiller. We did not want to leave tracks or other marks, not to preserve animosity. Animosity and (laughs)
1: anonymity. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Uh, But actually I haven't spoken for several weeks. But out of respect for the purity of the process, Construction of the Sri Andhra took 10 days to complete and as soon as the last line of the design was ploughed, heavy clouds began to collect in the south. Within an hour, a valley was filled with high winds, intense lightning, lightning strikes at about half inches of rain. The result of this storm was that all traces and tracks were, that we had worked in and worked on were dissolved. Like a finished painting, it was as if the surface had been varnished." Remarkably, the lightning and the rain, remember Matthew Williams' experiences, were limited only to the small valley where we were working, a fact that the source of much of speculation by a nearby rancher who wanted the rain on his land. I think that's, there is more to this, but I know we're getting a little bit tight on this. Well, it's interesting.
1: So a lot of the same experiences and working with these geometries, were engaging a level within the landscape and within Earth
2: herself that um, that creates this this. Yeah, um, and where where does it begin? Where does it end? I mean, on their way to this site, this remote site, they had to go through a wire uh, fence, a wire mm-hmm. wire gate, and on their arrival to to start this operation, there was an an um, an eagle, which stopped watched them get him get out of his vehicle to open the gate it's kind of uh, just brushed its feathers and dropped dropped one feather they went through that gate on and off every few days or so through throughout the three-week construction period only when they're last leaving the gate to close it again the eagle is there dropped one more feather and flew away. Yeah, I it? mean, where does it begin? Where does it end? What is it all about? It's
1: pretty interesting, but doesn't that fall into a um, a
2: Native American prophecy or something? Wasn't there a Native American? Yes, yes. Actually, Indian. Oh, Indian. In, Indian, Indian uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That, that, that was said that if in the construction of that particular design whether it was to be whether it was real and should be taken at a spiritual level of interest or not there would be a story or an event concerning or associating um an eagle that Mm -hmm. that that is part of the the indian uh you know knowledge Mm -hmm. that surrounds the sri Yantra.
1: Well, I think that we are pretty much coming up for a break here. So um, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to actually talk a little bit about healing and set up some intentions for the new year. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you. Don't go anywhere. Be right back.
0: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
3: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klagel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose, live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. is exploring beyond the edge to reach dr cynthia andrews or her guest today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's one 346 9141 you may also send an email to energy explorations at gmail.com now back
1: to our program Welcome back. So we have been talking about using our mind and our heart and our actions to interact with the consciousness within these fields of energy that is reality um, and being consciously engaging that. And Colin, what you've been talking about is the ways that we can use geometries to interact with the earth and create A change in the ambiance by doing that that allows all the life within that to have a little bit more um, connectivity.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I just think that there are so many aspects to this. It's, you know, it really takes quiet time to absorb this and to really get to um, to place it in, in in its appropriate. It is appropriate place, I think, because, you know, what you've just said, what we've covered already, but it is not a million miles away where one engages the use of a dowsing rod to find a particular result. You know, there's an intention, a sincere intention to discovery um, and the willingness to open your mind to something you don't understand. I mean, dowsing is as real as it comes it's you know obviously we don't need to go into that now and remote viewing the same Mm -hmm. you know it's engagement Mm -hmm. being prepared to go there
1: yeah and i think it would probably be remiss with me as a naturopathic doctor not to discuss the reality that healing is an engagement with the intelligence within the human body that is separate from our mind that is encoded and Part of the natural mechanisms, and when we can engage those natural me- mechanisms with our vision, with our heart, with our felt perceptions, and with the consciousness of the body, the consciousness of larger reality, then we have a better healing impact.
2: Yeah, I mean, is it conscious to add, add mm-hmm. to that? Um, again, it's another lateral is, I mean, one would ask the question um, who and what abilities did the um, The 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 Maya, the Maya scientists, you know, they were scientists in their day, Mm -hmm. astrologers and astronomers that were able to read, perceive, and add their own internal, you might say, almost remote, remotely viewed connection with the world that they were looking at. They, uh, I think, to this day, the most underestimated event was two thousand and twelve. It, you know, it happened it is still happening it was the end of a cycle anyway moving on
1: (laughs) that's a that's a whole other
2: discussion (laughs) yes it is yes it is
1: well so let's talk about setting our intentions for the new year so using our mind using our our felt perceptions using our um, interactions with consciousness to engage 2019 in a new way and i just want to point out that there's a pretty big difference between setting an intention and making a resolution which is often kind of overlooked. A resolution has several different meanings. The word resolution has several meanings. It means to resolve or find a solution to a problem, and it also means to make a firm decision, to maintain firmness of mind. So when we make a resolution, that implies that we're holding ourselves to a promise that will in some way resolve a problem. And 95% of all resolutions fail, and that's just... That's just that. So an intention, on the other hand, means to have a quality of purpose, to have your actions guided by purpose. So when we make our intentions, what we're doing is we're thinking about the purpose that we want to invest our life for the next year. And then how we behave and how we act and the goals come naturally out of our sense of purpose.
2: Very important. Mm-hmm. So, Colin, what were the intentions that you want to hold for the new year? Well, I thought a lot about it, and each year I try to be honest with myself and to look at that that I've been unfair about, you know, to other people, um, how I feel I've connected honestly or just, just, dishonestly uh, with the world around me. Anyway, uh, looking through all of that and reassessing again 12 months that is now leaving us, um my intention for the 12-month period we call 2019 is to engage with the living planet and to supply positive aspects of ancient knowledge entering the public domain which might be called the paranormal to some but I call it pre-normal uh, is somebody calling in yeah we do we
1: have a call uh, Joyce are you there hi hi, Cynthia hi Collins. hello Joyce it's so hi. nice to have you here <laughs> Well,
3: I, you know, I don't want to even interrupt you. I am so enjoying your show. So I almost hope that you didn't take my call for a minute. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to wish you both a happy and healthy new year and to begin it with you in this moment. And Thank you, um, Joyce.
2: That's I, very good. I
3: just I have learned so much from listening to both of you over these many weeks, and it's been such a gift to me. So I, I just really wanted to thank you for that.
1: Well, I'm very you kind, Joyce. and we
2: from you too, Joyce. Yes. We thoroughly enjoyed well, the program that you did, and I'm still reading, actually rereading uh, your book, which I've gotten a lot out of. Yeah, you know that oh. saying that, that you have there the quotes of. Uh, I believe in God, but I spell it N A T U R E. I love that. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Joyce, well,
3: while you're so, here, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so grateful for the both of you. Well,
2: thank so. you, Joyce.
1: This is really perfect timing, be- because we are next in 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 next week's. Um, our last, our last uh, program, we're going to be talking about life after death, and you have some very interesting things, so I want to make sure we line you up to call in next oh, week on, our, li- says, yeah. on oh, our life after death program. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I well, look absolutely. forward to that, Joyce. All right. Me thank you. you. Well,
3: thank you so much. Thank you for this show. Keep going. I love it. Oh, thank
2: well, you. We're, we're trying. Thanks, Joyce.
1: Happy New okay. Year, Joyce. Happy New Year.
2: Bye-bye. Yes, absolutely. And just to to finish, it, I yeah. think we're coming in on the time now. Uh, my own intentions for 2019, I intend to focus less on the intellectual head-driven technical processing, which is really <laughs> governed as an engineer and, you know, the stroke scientist, um, in favor of my heart and what I feel. There have been too many examples, especially in recent times, where I believe this is... Uh, where we probably as a society uh, have been failing ourselves. I will favor more my emotions and what they are telling me over all else. I decided a long time ago that love is the glue of balanced and fair living, Mm. and that it's imperative to have equal inputs of male and female energy to sustain nature's gift to us. The year of the female is just the beginning of the beginning. And a Happy New Year to everybody.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Well, I will certainly join you in those um, intentions. And I would say that I would add two of my own. One is to look for and expect consciousness in all aspects of the world, Uh, the, the breeze that goes by, the landscape that we're in even people oh, <laughs> oh really? even, <laughs> even politicians. <laughs> so, um, and I would also m- like to be open and to anticipate the impossible those are my intentions yeah,
2: well I'm sure by this time next year many things will have taken place that today we ex- mm. we would consider impossible we're in that period of time this is not pretend this is real this is real it's all temporary i think to remember that though everything is temporary Mm -hmm. you know so always to keep our chins high that whether we like or not dislike what we're looking at and feeling and experiencing it is temporary
1: all right well we're going to leave you tonight with a a little meditation to help you form your next intentions and so we have about three minutes to do that Colin did you have something
2: you wanted to leave people with before I go into the meditation um, well only just it's its just a, a design it's an important geometry which we must talk about some other time and it's the triangle if the triangle has entered your world in all kinds of bizarre ways um, mm-hmm. next week's show might be something I mean, to next week like so
1: we will definitely be talking about that and maybe even how Stephen Greer got his logo yeah <laughs> All right, well, so folks, get yourself in a nice, comfortable position. Allow yourself the opportunity to relax. Let your eyes lightly close. Ground yourself, center yourself, and take three deep, slow, mindful breaths. And as you're breathing slowly and mindfully, right now, in this moment, to guide you in the year ahead, just ask yourself, what matters the most to you? And as we sit here, what gets in the way of being in alignment with what matters the most to you what would you like to let go of that no longer serves you and third and maybe the most important what are the values you want to express in the world and just With your deep, slow, mindful breaths, letting go of everything you don't need, let go of trying to be perfect, you won't be. You will make mistakes, and some of them will be spectacularly stupid, but release the judgment and allow yourself the room to learn and to forgive. And then when you're ready, gently open your eyes, welcome to 2019. And sit down and write yourself your intentions for the year. And we will look forward to seeing you next week for our last Voice America show. And when you write your intentions, make sure to write it in the present tense, because that's the point of power. Write it as a positive statement, because your subconscious does not see negatives. And see and feel it unfolding. There are no options But success. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Cynthia.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Exploring Beyond the Edge is heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, Dr. Cynthia Andrews wishes you a great week.